Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome back to Trades Work, where we highlight the issues important to the skilled trades our society depends on and always seek to put Colorado first. Joining us today are Waterworld's General Manager, J.R. Bernanzoni, and Deputy Director, Bob Owens. Gentlemen, welcome to Trades Work. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. This is an icon for me. I spent several summers up here. The claim to fame I have is the worst sunburn I've ever had I got here, courtesy of uh, no sunscreen, a lot of pool time. It's a great park. So, tell us, how did your professional journey land you at America's one of America's largest water parks? You know, I, I graduated from college a long time ago, came out of the business um, and started a landscaping business. And through time, I, I liked the uh, working with the hands and doing hands-on things. So uh, about 2000, I, I was presented with a job here at Waterworld in, in the maintenance department. So I thought I'd take a leap of faith and, and go into the maintenance side of it. So yeah, just learning more and more every day. Yeah, it's a fascinating park. How about you, Bob? Well, I started uh, when I was 14 picking up trash. So I uh, lived next to a neighbor who uh, worked here at Highland Hills and he said, Hey, you got to come give this a try. And I said, I don't know uh, if I want to work at a water park or not, because it was obviously, you know, something pretty new at that point in time. And here I am I'm still here. So I worked part-time through uh, middle school and high school through college. And I uh, was fortunate enough when I graduated from college to be offered a full-time position. Hmm. Been here ever since. It's got to be a fun place to work. It is. You know, a little claim to fame uh, and a little shout out to Greg Mastriani. Uh, mm. I worked with him uh, in uh, the Parks District when I was on city council and was always fascinated about his work at Highland Hills and mm. specifically at Waterworld. So Waterworld sits on about 70 acres and features more than 50 attractions, slides, wave pools, a lazy river. What does it take to manage uh, a complex like this and a piece of property with all that going on? Well, I would I would say it's it's a it's a huge team, uh, a team of you know managers, maintenance personnel, and then we have over a thousand uh, part time employees, uh, seasonal employees during the summer. Uh, it doesn't come together all at once. It takes uh, with the winters here. It all depends on the the timing of the winters, and once we get nice weather, then the maintenance sides goes out and starts uh, prepping everything slowly through time. People start showing up to work, and we we, we start battling through getting through the preseason and try to get to opening day so that's it's kind of what we what we rely on here hmm. and then we have uh springs like we've just had where it's been since april nothing but rain and cold and that that presents a huge problem for us mm-hmm. just trying to get everything ready for opening day it's it's uh, then it's a big push a lot of a lot of work a lot of overtime mm-hmm. and uh you know the ideal spring would be you know 80 degrees from april 1st through you know june 1st and then we go to 90s and it's perfect yeah but never ends up that way no colorado weather how about you yeah you know uh i I think i want to add on to that we have a team of people who are passionate about what we do and that includes not only on the operation side and really that's what our guests see they see the operation side of it they see the you know the crystal clear pools um all the fun the reality is on the back side of that is what our guests don't see and that's really where the magic happens and, um, you know, we've got a team that has that passion for making this work every day. It's a very complex machine. 
um, a lot of moving parts. And so, you know, it, it, um, it takes everybody on the team to make that happen. And we're very fortunate that we have a talented team. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hurdles, you know, when we start up, there's a lot of, a lot of things just don't want to start up. So, uh, the maintenance side of it and then, then getting the people in here and make sure that uh, all of our seasonal staff get on board on time. So they're ready to go by first opening day. So it's definitely a challenge. Well, we're going to dive a little bit more into that here in the next question. You know, we obviously know you have bathroom facilities, uh, and those are operational, but you got food, food vendors, usual guest amenities. How many skilled professionals uh, does it take to keep these things running, and how do you divide your team to get these things accomplished? Why don't we talk with you, Bob? Yeah, so, you know, at a very high level, if you look at our water world team, we are, we're one big family, but we, we split up into two groups. We have our maintenance operations, um, and we have our operations side of the house. Mm-hmm. So operations are going to be our folks who are dealing with revenue, um, guest service, food service, lifeguarding, water safety, all of those components, uh, park safety and security. So they're, they're kind of on that side, and they're really dealing with the operations. Uh, maintenance is the other major division, and probably for what we're going to talk about today, um, that's, that's where you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening as well. So on the maintenance side of our operation, we have JR, what are we at? Uh, we're about 14, 14. 14 members, and that includes the horticulturist, landscaper, pump specialist, electrician, and uh, many, many various, uh, you know, degrees of, of, of maintenance side of it uh, for years here in knowledge. Well, I think that's one of the things that makes you all unique. And we were talking before the show, uh, the, the level and the depth of the skill that you have here on site to respond to issues, kind of that first, first responders. Uh, and a lot of operations um, don't have that, and so that makes Waterworld a little bit unique. One of the goals of this show is to highlight some of the interesting things the skilled trades person can do. What are the specialty for your technical professionals at Waterworld, and what do they get to do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, technologically wise, we have electrician that, that troubleshoots a lot of electrical. Uh, we have everything from pneumatics to pumps, motors, proximity switches, photo eyes. Uh, most of it, most of our staff are, are hired in, in the maintenance side of it. And, and through time, they just kind of learn to troubleshoot photo eyes, proximities, uh, fog machines, hmm. wave machines, any issues. And usually it comes in through, uh, over time, the, the people that have been here the longest kind of pass down most mm-hmm. of their knowledge to the, the the younger generation that's coming through is the maintenance side of it i think this is the first interview i've ever had where we talked about a fog machine yes so, we got fog machine didn't expect that at uh, water world misters yeah misters. Machines. animation animation yeah oh, we have work work on animation nobody probably knows the inner workings of a lot of things behind the water park so how Lights. does how does somebody get the technical skills or what is the average tenure of somebody on your maintenance team you know, right now, I think our average tenure right now is about 10 years. We have some people that have been here over 20, 20 mm-hmm. plus years, but a lot of those people have moved on and, and retired. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting out with the younger, younger people. And, uh, you know, we'll send some of our people to schools to learn a little bit more about this and that. Like the UV schools, we haven't sent them there recently, but a lot of the guys catch on. They learn how to... Uh, you know, they take them apart in the fall and they put them back together in the spring. Mm. Uh, when we have to go to really high technical, we, we, we call on vendors to, to mm. help us out in the final end if, 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 if we miss something. But uh, there's this great thing called Google and YouTube. And so some of those things you can find on there to kind of look at things and, and, and troubleshoot yourself. 
And when we have vendors on site, we often try to get our team, we try to peel them away from what they're doing so that they can walk through the process with the vendors and learn that way as well. And mm. we're very fortunate the vendors we work with like that. You yeah. know, they like to share that knowledge as well. So it's really been a, a win-win. That's awesome. So uh, what's been the most challenging thing uh, from each of your perspectives on managing a water park? Do you have any stories that you could talk about that have been a challenge you feel comfortable sharing well the biggest challenge is definitely the the push from from the maintenance side of it has always been from march 1st through june 15th Mm -hmm. by far the biggest challenge every year is trying to open a water park in three months when you have a close to three million gallons you have you know 50 rides you have pumps motors pneumatics computers PLCs to run a lot of these rides. Hmm. So uh, a lot of troubleshooting, a lot of things just don't come up as they, they went down as in the, in the fall. So in the spring becomes challenging. So in my opinion, that's the biggest challenge right now. Always been the biggest challenge. How about you, Bob? Yeah, for sure. Seasonality. And I think if you look at just, you know, big picture, um, hiring a thousand team members, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a challenge. It's also very much a positive. Um, there, there's so many great people that come through, but you know, we're basically reopening our business mm-hmm. every year yep. f- for the first time we've been closed for nine months. Um, and I think certainly coming out of COVID, there were some challenges with that. We had a year that we were closed. Um, but there's also opportunities in that as well. But I think mm-hmm. it's also taking a very unique property like we have and unique attractions and how we, we not only maintain those and keep them pristine, but also, you know, how we reimagine for the future. And and when we put new attractions in, um, how we take our existing attractions and how we enhance them. And also, you know, on the on the other side of this, how we blend new technologies in like secondary disinfection with UV things like that. That really is, you know, part of the big puzzle of mm-hmm. running a facility like this. So what is the most complex piece of equipment here or what attraction has the most complexity from a maintenance perspective? That would definitely be the mile high flyer. So what is the mile high flyer? Can you describe that to our listeners? It's a hydromagnetic water coaster. In terms of that, the the boats that people ride in, which is a four-person boat, have a metal plate on the bottom of them Mm -hmm. Uh, the the hydromagnetics propel them up hills and they go down the hills as they go down a hill at the bottom of the hill they catch the hydromagnetics and there's eight to ten hydromagnetic mowers on each hill and they're timed with proximity switches so therefore it's timed that it catches the bottom of the boat Mm. at a fast pace so it propels the the boat up the hill the motors do yeah i've read that i wrote that with my son once and it isn't as scary at 13 as it is at plus 50. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a, you know, and it's a great ride. It's where water rides meet technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was Colorado's first water coaster. Um, we actually have two now. We have another water coaster that uses a different technology, uh, which is Roaring Forks. Mm-hmm. But um, it is really amazing to see, um, you know, it's a ride-up conveyor. You ride up to the top of the ride. So it's, uh, it's very unique. So when it comes to complexity, you know, that, that comes into it too is our conveyors maintenance down there for for everything like that so it's pretty it's a high-tech ride and it's it's definitely a cool ride and like bob was saying the roaring forks is is, is different it's a water jet propelled ride mm-hmm. so you go down hills and you're pushed up the hills with water jets instead of hydromagnetics interesting it's a new it's a newer ride it's it's nine years old now i think we're in the ninth yeah. year uh, and mm-hmm. uh it has a lot of the, a lot, a lot of our rides are, you know, you, you pump the water up the hill, comes down the slides, and, and it just goes fine, flow meters, and make sure it's correct. Uh, Mile High Flyer has 
PLCs, computers, uh, photo eyes, proximity switches. It requires a lot of a lot of testing, a lot of work to get there. It's just higher tech than yeah. than the average water slide we have around here. What is the most gallons per minute uh, attraction you have on site, and what is that number? Gallons per minute, we have the wave, which is uh, the surfing surfing ride we have here. And uh, we have four submersible flight pumps in there, and they, they pump out 10,000 gallons apiece to create the, the wave action. So it's uh, you know, 20,000 per side gallons mm. per minute that, that go across that, that surface so people have the experience of surfing. That's awesome. So we've talked a lot about what it takes to care for a complex this size and a water park that's this storied. Um, based on you know, both your career experiences, uh, what would you say to someone considering a uh, uh, career in the skilled trades? We need those folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look around the world and uh, you, you look at, you know, and I think I mentioned this earlier, really the magic of what happens here is because of the folks who have skilled trades. They can work on a pump. They're electricians. They can fix pipes. They can look at things that I can't, you know, I understand, hey, this is broken somewhere. I have no idea how to how to get in there and understand the logistics of what it's going to take to to fix that. And um, you know, we're we're very fortunate that we have that team. But uh, you know, the world needs needs folks that can do that. And something you know, look at a water park. You may not think, hey, you need all of that. It absolutely is equal and on par with you know making sure that we can get you in the front gate and we can serve you food and we have lifeguards and things like that. So I would encourage it. I think that, um, you know, it's, there's a huge future for that. And the world is always going to need skilled trades. Yeah, it's all about a passion. I think, I think it's a lot of the maintenance side in our area is, is diminishing. There's not as many people that want to get in this field, and there's less and less applicants every time we open up a position in the maintenance side of it. Uh, there's challenges every day. The best thing about the maintenance side is you're always working on something different every day. Learning new ideas, uh, learning new new ways to fix something. You're always troubleshooting on this in in this field that, that the water world is. You're you're always working on something different. It's a wide variety, and that's that's what draws if you if you like a career in this area. It's the diversity that you you want to come here for. It's it's not electrical where you just deal with electrical. You deal with it all. And the the new rides now are also electronic. So this mm-hmm. the skills. You know, it's not only can I fix a pump. Can I, can I look at all of the, the pump and motor pieces that go with this? But it's also, you know, it's not as simple as you flip a switch anymore and the ride turns on. Um, there's a PLC, there's a computer, there's, you know, there's electronics behind all of this now mm-hmm. that's driving it as well. So I think as we look at the skill set that we're looking for, you know, the future is going to include all those elements. So where, where are we going from here? Waterworld's going to turn 44 years old. And what's on your horizon for the park? Well, I can't spill all the secrets. Okay. So uh, what I would say is stay tuned. And I think we have some very exciting things on the horizon. But really, as a team, what we're, you know, looking at, again, is how we reimagine. We have some great rides, and we want to keep those and and make them new again. But we also are looking at where's our industry going and Mm -hmm. how do we offer new and unique experiences that are worthy of you know, being at Waterworld yeah. and uh, living up to, to what we've done in the past. So um, we have some very exciting things on the horizon. Cool. Stay yeah. tuned, I guess, huh? Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned. A lot, of, lot, lot of new guest experiences. That's our whole idea is to mm-hmm. provide a different guest experience to, to everyone every year. And, and if, we don't, if we don't continue to make it better here, then, then 
you know, we'll, we'll stay where we're at. I mean, we have to improve. We have to do better. We have to create new ideas, bring new ideas on board and, and with new rides and in mm-hmm. new areas. So there's a lot to come in the future. Okay. I know it's hard to pick your favorite child, but we're going to ask the question. What's your favorite ride, Bob? Voyage to the center of the earth. Okay. JR? Well, I've worked here 20, 25 years, and uh, I've never picked a favorite. I haven't even ridden them all, to be honest with you. But I've been in every one of them. Uh, I'd say the passion for me would be probably the Mile High Flyer. Yeah. It's a little bit coaster. A little bit more of a ride. Still like the, still like the tube, just riding down the hill and coming down the splashdown. Though. Yeah. That's, that's still, still fun. What's something about Waterworld that our listeners don't know? Like... What is the hidden gem? What is a, uh, something that might surprise our listeners? Hidden gems, there's a couple. I think uh, Voyage to Center of the Earth and Lost River of the Pharaohs with the animation effects and just the nature. You don't find rides like that anywhere else in the country. But the, you know, the other one is um, really a, an attraction that launched a large aspect of our industry, and uh, that's Raging Colorado River. It was the very first multi-guest water slide in the world. Uh, when that opened, you know, they, they didn't make multi-person tubes at that time. Uh, it really from, was building it from scratch and trying to figure it out along the way. But what happened at the end when that ride opened is that leaders in our industry, um, vendors that make water slides and do things, they all came out and looked at that and went, wow, you can put two people in a tube and uh, or multi people in a tube and that's really what launched today it's so common you look around i mean every water park in the country and the world has multi-guest inner tubes but at the time that was the, really the first one it's it's kind of a trivia item as well and we get asked this question frequently you know what's the oldest ride in the park and uh where where did you start and the answer is um and nobody ever guesses this when a guest will ask but um, it's actually our warming pool um, which is a very simple, simple, um, you know, attraction that we have here. And on a cool day, certainly feels nice. But really, the history behind that is that was the splashdown pool for the very first two rides that we had at Waterworld huh. when we opened in 1979. So it really is the oldest attraction at the park. It's the oldest body of water that we have. And so I like to throw that out there because nobody will ever guess that, although now... I'm guessing more and more people will know the answer to that. Mm. But, um, you know, in terms of uh, oldest ride, I think that's a, a fun fact. JR, you have anything for us on? That's definitely the beginning of, of Waterworld mm-hmm. right there. There's a lot of cool cool places behind the scenes. The cool pump rooms, hidden gems or mm-hmm. pump rooms with 15 pumps, motors, you know, 250 horsepower turbines. Those are hidden gems, in my opinion, if you're on the maintenance side. If you go into the pump room... You'll really love the look look of our pump rooms, and you'll get into the mechanical side of it, and it'll it'll definitely impress you. Well, thank you both. Um, one final question: When you both were younger, maybe junior high or elementary school, you said, "I want to be blank when I grow up." I don't know that you probably would have been talking about a water world, although you were working here back then, uh, Bob. But you know, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Let's start with you, Jr. You know, a lot of aspirations, but uh, I want to do something in the biology side of life. So I went to school for, for biology, so mm. I wanted to be a researcher somewhat. That was the field of choice at the time. And you do that today. I research. Just, just with mechanical equipment. Yes, I do. 
How about you, Bob? So I was a meteorologist was my thing. I thought, oh, that's absolutely what I want to do. Ironically, I still watch the weather. Mm. So does JR. When you work in this business, uh, unfortunately, your eyes are appealed to the clouds and to the skies a lot. And Bob uh, is our meteorologist. Very amateur. Mm. Well, thank you both. I've enjoyed spending some time with you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our skylines, building our communities, and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.